Hello, 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 hello. My name is Abiola Abrams, and I am known as the midwife for your inspired life. Welcome to this video. This is Spiritpreneur Success Strategy, lesson number two of four. Now, I created this free e-course just for you, free, 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 but chocked full of information, to celebrate the launch of my Sacred Business Academy, Become the Guru Bootcamp. And so if you haven't seen lesson one, you definitely wanna, definitely wanna check that out because I gave you the one critical thing that every spiritpreneur, be you a writer, a speaker, a coach, um, a dog trainer, whatever it is that you do, the one, one, one big critical can't miss thing that you need in order to succeed, okay? This lesson is all about how to move from feeling invisible in your work, in your business, in your offering, in your message, your mission, your movement, to being highly visual. So this is a, a, a lesson that you don't wanna miss, but I really, really, it's critical that you get that critical step from part one. So if you haven't seen part one, or if you have seen it and you're watching this and you're watching over your friend's shoulder, you wanna have your own copy. So go to bombshellmybusiness.com and watch part one and then come on back. I'll be sitting here waiting. <laughs> bombshellmybusiness.com to go watch part one or if you want to share this with a friend if you have a friend who is a spiritpreneur or an aspiring spiritpreneur let her uh have some ways to flex and improve her entrepreneurial skills and really get what she's doing out into the world pass this on to her okay so all right let me just give you a little bit of background. The lesson, as I said today, is on how to move from invisible to visible with a capital V with your business. I've got my program notes. You should have some water nearby. I don't have my big pink jug today. I have uh, my, my brown cocoa mug, but I'm drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee. I just did a whole uh, tutorial with someone who's coming out with a whole line of coffee. And we had, for some reason, she was fascinated by the fact that I've never had coffee before. So that, and she was trying to convince me that I should have coffee, like my sister, that I should at least taste it. Um, but so I guess just a little slip there. You're rubbing off on me there, Lisa. All right. So. Let's take a nice deep breath, what I like to call a fat belly breath, which means when you inhale, your belly moves out and breathe out through your mouth. So in through your nose and out through your mouth with a little sound. One more, in through the nose and out through the mouth. And we want to relax. And our intention, well, my intention with this conversation is to inform, to educate, and to uplift. And I always do that using soul care, skills, and strategy. And so you have something to write with, right? And you have your water next to you, because this is going to be a very involved lesson of actionable skills that you can put into usage 
today. That's what I want. That's what I want with every single thing that I put out into the world. And so just like I set my intention for this conversation, what is your intention? Write it down now. What is your intention for you watching this video, for you taking this course? You've already watched part one and done your homework for part one, right? If not, press pause, go on back and do the homework, and then come on back because there aren't shortcuts. You want to build a very solid business that attracts your ideal clients and customers to you. You want to create yourself to be the magnet and so that you're not going out and being salesy and trying to convince people of something that they don't want, but you're offering something into the world that is exactly what your tribe needs. I Just to sidetrack for a little bit, I found this book. I want to share this with you. Uh, on my parents' bookshelf. I don't know whether it was somebody's textbook, either my mother or my father's, and it's called Ogilvy on Advertising. And it's so funny because it's, you know, it's an advertising book from like the 80s, 70s, and has 60s ads in here. And the world has changed so much, you know, from this era where it was just buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Anybody got time for all that? I don't want to hear that. And I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be that kind of person. And I'm sure that you, because you're here, you're a member of my tribe, that's not who you want to be either. And so the lessons that I'm going to be giving you are all about building yourself as an attractor, as a magnetized um provider of whatever service, whatever you offer into the world, that your ideal customer says, yeah, this is what I need. As I said in lesson one, if you rang your neighbor's doorbell at 3 a.m., you would not be welcome. But if you rang their doorbell at 3 a.m. to tell them their house was on fire or that there was some kind of an emergency, yeah, they'd want to hear from you. And so we want that to be not not emergency services because actually that's on the list of people that I say that this work will not work for. But we want you to be the person that when they that that your ideal client and customer is happy that, to see you, happy that you make what you make, happy that you create the products that you create. That's what you want too, right? Yes? All right, yes. Okay, so let's begin. So I want to first talk about invisibility. I meet a lot of women at conferences who tell me they have this great idea or this business that they launched and they feel like they are the best kept secret. They, you know, make the best cookies or they're the best health coach or they're the best, you know, whatever it is, but they're still a secret to their ideal customer or client. And again, you, we, we don't want you to be a secret. If you have something that I need and I'm your ideal customer or client, I don't want you to be a secret. For example, this uh, flower in my hair was created by ThaisFlowers.com, uh, this incredible artist who hand paints these flowers. If she was shy about putting herself out there and about creating this work and putting it into the world, me, her ideal client that loves to rock these uh, flowers and you know, am willing to pay a premium to have them and enjoy them as art and as clothing, I would be cheated. And so she doesn't have to be salesy when she's showing me what she has because she has done step one, her unique guru proposition, 
That was from lesson one. And now we are talking about lesson two, step two of how she was able to attract me, her ideal customer, how she was able to move from invisibility into visible with a capital V. Um, but first, I want to just ask you, do you feel invisible or visible with invisible being a zero, visible, highly, highly, highly visible at a number 10? Um, do you feel invisible or visible? Where do you rank on the scale of one or let's make it zero to 10? Write that down in your notes. You're either not out there the way you want to be or maybe getting some notice, but it's not the kind of notice that you want or you want to do a little bit better and get a little bit more out there. All right. Now, I have been there, been there, done that. Um, <laughs> I have the passport to show for it. There is a name that I call for this stage of what you're doing. I say that this is you're being a wantrepreneur instead of an entrepreneur, a wantrepreneur instead of a spiritpreneur. As you know by now, I like to create words, right? So ask yourself, really, am I an entrepreneur or is what I have a hobby? Am I really in business or am I just playing at it? If you are a freelance writer, if you are a personal chef, if you're a makeup artist, a yoga teacher, a blogger, even though you are this one person, you have a business and you should be wanting to be an entrepreneur rather than a wantrepreneur or a hobbyist. Now, if you just want to just do something on the side for the fun of it, you don't care if you have clients or profit or or serve your, you know, your ideal tribe in the highest and best way, and it's just something you kick around for fun, do that. That's great. Hobbies are wonderful. But I'm talking about people who want to turn their self-love into self-launch, people who want to turn their passions, their purpose, and their pleasure into a thriving business, people who want to take their miracles, magic, and mojo to launch their mission, message, and movement. That's who I'm talking to. That's who these lessons are for. Yeah, I'm getting charged up thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, you know, what is needed to move you and your spiritpreneurship from invisible to visible. Okay. Have you ever heard the saying that work is your love made visible? Now that's why I call what you do and what I do a heart-centered business. Again, are you in business? Now, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but this is really important to ask yourself. If you, because I know a lot of people who don't realize that they have a business. If you're a solopreneur, like a coach, um, like a comedian or any kind of performer, a dentist, you've written one book. That's why now uh, people who work specifically only with authors coined the term the authorpreneur because you are in business, my beautiful business bombshell. All right. So let's go into now um, your heart-centered business and how to become visible. Let me give you, I'm going to give you a few examples from my own story, my own spiritpreneur story. People always ask me how I got a book deal with Simon & Schuster or how I got to interview this person or that person or how I got to speak at this venue or that venue or how I got a speaking agent or a literary agent. And the answer is usually about the same and it's one word. The way to move your magic, mojo, and miracles from invisible to capital V 
visible is your guru platform. Now remember, lesson one was about your unique guru proposition. Now we are talking about your unique guru platform. So what is a platform? Well, back in the days, Malcolm X, you know, he literally had his platform was a, a, a soapbox on a corner where he would stand there and be the corner preacher and teacher. Then Martin Luther King, his platform was probably in coming up in his on the pulpit, standing literally at the pulpit in his daddy's church. Those are two examples of real world, real life platforms. In our digital world, you are still standing on a stage, but it is a different kind of a stage. It's a digital stage. It is your platform is what allows you to shine, what allows your ideal customers and clients to find you, what allows you to get your voice into the world in a victorious way, what allows you to launch your miracles, magic, and mojo, and bring your message into a movement. All of that is created by your platform. Your platform is how you move from invisible, best kept secret, never heard of him, never heard of her, to visible. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I want to sign up for that. Yeah. I want to be a member of her tribe. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, check out to see what she's going to say. Hmm. I'm going to subscribe to that. Oh, why don't I buy this course that they have? In our digital world, you're no longer physically standing on a soapbox or pulpit, although you can, but your platform is specifically targeted in a way that allows you to be seen, felt, and heard by your right audience. Now, your right audience goes back to what we were talking about in lesson one, because some people still have the idea, well, can there be a wrong audience? Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that in a bit. You want your right audience. That's the key. Without knowing how to correctly build your platform, you can build the wrong one, the wrong platform, and then you'll have the wrong audience coming to you. Now, I know some of you are skeptical. Are you the skeptical one? <laughs> Saying, well, Abiola, isn't every audience a good audience? No, 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 no. The reason why in lesson one, I said you needed a unique guru proposition is because you don't serve everyone. Remember I said, I'm not for everybody and neither are you. Let me give you an example. Lesson one, I also mentioned my kitty cat, Annabelle. She was creating some kind of flux or disturbance. Now, if you were a, a service provider who had, you know, cute little online doggy boutique where you sold the best doggy treats, cute doggy clothes, organic dog food, you know, healthy healing things for your dog, doggy yoga, all kinds of things, you could be the best business in the land. But if you tried to sell to me, I'm not buying. I ain't interested. Why? I don't have a dog. <laughs> so I would be your wrong audience. So whatever bells or whistles or flash or whatever, you know, you wanted to do to try to impress me, you could have, you could parade a, a whole doggy fashion show right by me. And I'd be like, wow, that's cute. That's adorable. I might enjoy it. It might be the best thing I've ever seen, but I'm not your customer. 
And so that's, again, the difference between having why you want to build your platform to have the right audience versus the wrong audience. This is why it really helps if you know your ideal customer before creating your product or platform. And if you don't and you've already created something, that's okay because I have uh, 10 pivot points to be able to get you back on track if, you know, if that is the case. But you want and you need to serve your current market, but you really want to make sure that you're building your platform around the right audience. Okay, got it? All right, let's let's go a little bit deeper. Again, lesson one, we talked about your unique guru proposition. Lesson two, we are talking about your unique guru, what? Platform. And again, if you already have outstanding customers, outstanding offers, outstanding um, business that you don't know how to attract, how to hook, um, we, we have ways to pivot pivot to that. So, so there are ways to pivot to that. So you're not going to lose anything. So let us go back a little bit and talk about, um, to go a little bit deeper into what a platform is, why you need a platform, um, and how it can bring you the, the difference between the difference between the right audience and the wrong audience. Let's go back to before I was known as the midwife or your inspired life. All right. So, and and by the way, side story, um, if you don't know why I'm called the midwife for your inspired life, it's because my great-grandmother in Guyana was a midwife and a women's fertility healer. She helped women to give birth to their babies, and I help women to give birth to themselves. So, back in the olden days, around 2008, <laughs> I was living and working with passion. But if you watched lesson one, say it with me now, passion is not a business plan and hope is not a success strategy. So 2008, I was rocking and rolling, living with passion, having a good time um, with the regular ups and downs of life. But you know, a lot, a lot was percolating and it was really cool. Dare, my debut novel was just published by Simon & Schuster. I was hosting a show called The Best Short Best Shorts Short Film Showcase for BET, Black Entertainment Television. I was touring the country with the divas of literature. I had a weekly Dear Abiola column, advice column, and rolling out um, a weekly urban paper. Eve Ensler of the Vagina Monologues had just published my writing in an anthology as I had created a film festival for her shortly before called the Until the Violence Stops Film Festival. And my short art films were getting positive attention see lots of really, really exciting things. I had a lot going on outwardly, but my business was stymied. Why? Because I was directionless. So before I tell you more about that and, you know, how there was the lack and direction of a platform, there's another example that I want to give you about building the wrong audience or the wrong platform, a weak platform that you can't really stand on, something that's not sturdy for what you need. When my novel Dare was option, Dare, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the book, is a fictional book, my debut novel, about a young sociologist who goes undercover in the world of hip hop. Uh, it's funny. It is 
I'm, I'm not saying it's funny myself, but this is what, you know, some of the reviews and the people said. People enjoyed it. People felt that it was moving. Some people felt that it was self-help, disguised as fiction, and they liked that about it. Um, again, depending on if they were my right target audience or the wrong audience, you know, that um, it is the same way that Clueless, the film Clueless, as if Clueless is a modern day retelling of Jane Austen's Emma, Jane Austen's book Emma, that Dare is a modern day retelling of the classic German fable of Faust. Now you don't need to know that, just like you don't need to know Emma to enjoy Clueless, you don't need to know Faust to enjoy Dare. But these are some of the things that go into the book. And it has tiny places where it pays homage to some of my favorite writers like Toni Morrison, the book takes place on the street where Beloved took place, Bluestone Road, little things like that, that if you are a lover of literature, you're going to really groove on, you know, and people can access the book wherever they come in, you know, somebody doesn't, again, doesn't have to enjoy all of that to enjoy it. When the the original editor that bid on my book and ended up, you know, being the person that signed my book, she ended up the the publishing industry is was in serious flux at that time and she ended up going to another publishing company she wanted to bring me with her but the um the publishing company simon schuster wouldn't allow her to so i then was given a new editor who was thrown to me at the last minute, had not chosen my book. It was given to her and she was planning her wedding at the same time. So how high on her pri- on the priorities list do you think I was? All right, Lo- amazing woman, love her, love her, love her. I just, just timing and circumstance, it just wasn't, I wasn't high on the list of her priorities. So when they spoke about how to market this book that I just told you about, there was all kinds of confusion. They wanted to target uh, erotica. They were like first that the book was listed as erotica. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I am I love some good erotica as much as the next person, but I'm not about trying to bait and switch anybody. And a book with, you know, two sexy scenes in it, a 400 page book <laughs> about a sociologist as funny and funky and sexy as it might be is not erotica and they even in the um the inner page in the front cover you know they put something something i'm gonna the baddest bitch in the rap game or something if you look for that line in the book it's not there it doesn't exist that you know there was confusion because it's a book set in the hip hop world and they didn't know how to market it. They didn't know how to access my audience, you know, of sacred bombshells, you know, of women who who are on a self-love journey, who, you know, that they, they were kind of confused that it felt like it was like, okay, this is a book with a black character set in the hip hop world. So, after they were like, okay, well, should we market it as erotica? They were like, okay, should we market it as urban fiction? No. And again, nothing wrong at all with urban fiction. I know some people killing it, like Miyasha, my girl Miyasha, killing it in urban fiction. It's just the wrong audience for any for my book or, or the things that I write. And someone who is looking for urban fiction, maybe they're looking for, you know, a sexy bang, bang, shoot 'em up tale of, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, whatever I would say would be really stereotypical, but here's something that is a, one of, a book that I know to be true, you know, 
a pimp that's gone wrong and now whatever, you know, uh, that sounded like empire. Um, you know, he's, he's gone straight and now he owns a, a record company and whatever. All of that is really, you know, would be interesting and compelling, but you shouldn't come to my book looking for that because you're going to be disappointed. If you buy my book and you look for, um, if you're looking for an erotic book and there are two sexy scenes, you're going to say, this book sucks. And you're going to give it a bad review and you're going to hate it. And the same if you're looking for a bang, bang, shoot 'em up tale and you come in now, this is sociologist and, you know, it's funny and it's witty and, you know, all of these things and affirmations. You'd be like, what is this? This is not what I am looking for. This sucks. It's boring. It's whatever. You know, it's preachy or I don't know, whatever it would be. And so, you know, that's why it's really, really important that you want the right audience for your goods, for your products, for your services, for your clients, because then you will be a magnetic attractor to the people who are looking for what it is that you want. It's much easier to offer someone something rather than to try to convince them, again, to use a dog food example, something that they don't want, convince them to buy something they don't want. You could have the most organic, gluten-free, amazing, funky, um, healthy dog food in the world. I'm not buying it. <laughs> okay, got it? All right, so back to my spiritpreneur story and the need for a platform. So as I said, I had all those things going on in 2008, but still, even with all of that, I was directionless because I didn't have a direction <laughs> or a specific platform. Twitter had just come out um, and I had uh, on blackplanet.com, like almost, I'm not embarrassed to say it. Uh, it was the time. Don't laugh. Don't judge me. It was the time. On blackplanet.com, I had like half a million followers, I think like 450,000 or 440,000 followers. MySpace, I think I had 7,000, something like that, or seven, something like that. Um, and so these are things that are part of a platform, different times. And I was excited by those numbers. Um, it was a big deal then, but social media is not a business. And also social media by itself is not a strategy although it can be a key part of your strategy. But again, that's the difference between just throwing something out there and being directionless and having a platform where social media is a part of your platform. So when Black Planet, you know, went out of favor and MySpace, you know, went the way of fluff, disappeared, whatever, then, you know, some of those people followed me to other platforms, but I didn't really have a solid enough platform that where I was able to transform, transfer all of those numbers to where I was going. So these are, these are the reasons why, you know, a platform, you having that guru platform of your own is really, really key. The platform, again, is made up of all of those different pieces, your own site, your own, you know, social media bases, your own storefront, all of these different things, um, and the the message or mission that you have, and the way that you put it into to the world, the means that you use, you know, is it audio? Is it video? Are you writing? Um, and again, the people that you are speaking to, your target audience, all of these things are part of your platform, your guru platform, your unique guru platform to back up your unique guru proposition. 
okay? And these are the things that if you are wanting to become the guru in your field, which it is beneficial for you to do so, the things, the key pieces that you need to your puzzle. So going back to 08, you know, my hope was that I would keep getting TV hosting gigs and then at some point I could parlay it into my own show. Those were the objectives that I had at that time, which were are very different than my current objections, but that was what my hope was and that's what my passion was. Now say it with me, passion is not a business plan and hope is not a marketing strategy. So I would go into pitch meetings with major networks and, you know, they would watch my content and be, you know, either enjoy it, be intrigued, you know, whatever. And then they would say, well, who's your audience? Who's your target audience? You know, we talked about this a bit in lesson one, but I would say everybody. No. <laughs> and I didn't have a clear enough platform where they could look at me and say, okay, this is who she speaks to. You know, that I should be able to go to your site or go to your content and know immediately from, you know, stepping into your, stepping foot into your platform, whether it is for me or not for me. And if it's not for me, who it's for. And so that's why you want to have a platform. And when you have that platform, again, people who need to book you to speak, people who want to buy your products, people who want to give you press and interview you will be able to find you okay, and will be attracted and drawn to you in a magnetic way rather than you just doing a push, push, push or trying to be salesy about what it is that you offer. Got it? All right, is it starting to sink in the importance of your unique guru platform, why you need a platform? And, you know, you could have the your guru proposition down, your unique guru proposition and your unique guru platform down and if you don't have you know the your issues taken care of some the challenges that you face as a spiritpreneur if you don't have those things unblocked then you're still not going to be able to move forward and we're going to actually get into that in lesson three and lesson four so i want to make sure that you you know subscribe at bombshellmybusiness.com if you haven't already and you know really delve into this work. And when I give you assignments, like I say, write down your uh, unique guru proposition as we did in part one, or as we're doing now in part two, talking about the importance of your unique guru platform. It's not for my health. It's because these are things that you need in order to be able to get your book into the world, get your talks into the world, you know, get your your products into the world, get your coaching and your, your uh, training practice going, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Got it? All right. So my brand at that time, back in 08, was whatever people said that it was, whatever other folks, you know, the media or whoever decided it was. That I remember the first time that a website, it was actually BT.com, that called me a lifestyle guru and seeing that in print. And I felt really intimidated by that and really upset by that. And I was like, well, I, I don't want people to say, who does she think she is? because I was not stepping into my greatness yet. I was still playing small. And so, and I also was not defining myself. I was letting myself be defined. And so of course, that is a very unsteady place to stand, that you're standing on whatever platform other people are presenting you with, rather than building and creating your own. 
So the markets then crashed around 08 and tanked and I was laid off aka fired from my BET job. And actually it was really funny that, um, you know, we had just won awards. I was doing really well, but you know, they needed to make a move and they needed a celebrity. And it's funny. The truth was that, you know, although, like I said, they said that I was laid off, I was fired. Fired is the definition of no job. <laughs> that, you know, I was replaced by Hill Harper. Yes. Friend of Obama, Hill Harper. Who could compete with that? kidding. Um, but not kidding about the fact that Hill Harper took my job. Hill, it's all right. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> then I received an offer from another Viacom network. BT is a Viacom network. So is MTV and VH1. And it wasn't MTV yet. Um, that came much later, but it was VH1. And they said they were doing a new reality show. And it was produced by Drew Barrymore. And I was like, wow, Drew Barrymore, I would love to be a part of that, you know, and they promised me that it'd be a great way to market my book and build a wider audience. Now, I didn't think about, okay, is it exposing me to the audience that is the right audience for my book? Is this the right thing for my platform? Again, every offer is not the right offer. If that's why upfront, you want to know who your target is, again, who your ideal client is. And if you can build your uh, platform before you build your product or put your offering into the world, you're coming from the place of strength. So I said, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. I said, yes, you know, I had yes down to a dangerous science, as I like to say, um, and not always in a positive way uh, when it came to my career. Because if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there, right? And the popular opinion at the time was that all publicity was good publicity. Again, not true because you could be branding yourself in a different way that is better of better service to your audience. And then you could do something that turns that audience off. And so even though I had created in my first empowerment podcast was created in 2005 and it's called the goddess factory. Um, and I've been uploading my Spiritpreneur podcast to that feed on iTunes. You could subscribe to it, you know, and my content was already about self-love. Then there was a shift because now I had attracted a different audience by doing the reality show and I didn't have a way to serve the audience because they weren't my audience. So I didn't have a way to, to capture them, capitalize them, you know, offer them something, um, work with them, whatever it was, because they were not my ideal audience. And so, and, they, and I wasn't building a platform made of pieces that I had selected, rather just whatever the wind blew. And it seemed like, okay, well, that's great. I'll do that. Okay. So I had no brand, no strong POV because I wanted to appeal to everybody and no plan of action other than to keep putting myself out there. And I had hope and passion, but no brand or business and hope and passion not success strategies. So if you want people to, if you want to attract your ideal client and ideal customer, I hope that I have explained to you the importance of platform, that I know that there are bigger challenges that you may have that even with that platform may be blocking you from getting what it is that you need. We're going to get into that in lesson three and lesson four. Um, and I'm going to explain to you, you know, at the, I'm about um, the Become the Guru Blueprint. Um, we've been getting into it already, and I hope that you are able to put these steps into action today. Because what I realized, you know, after being fired and then after making that choice, was that I then needed to rebuild my platform 
from scratch. You know, and there I had a couple of missteps in, you know, not knowing the order of what I now know I've created as my Hear Me Roar coaching practice, the strategic way, the steps to correctly build your platform and magnetize it and monetize it and attract your ideal audience and pivot if you need to and all of those things that I didn't know at the time. But that unique guru platform is the key to be able to magnetize your mission, turn your mission into a movement, and get your miracles, magic, and mojo into the world. So I hope that you've enjoyed this lesson. Again, to recap, lesson one, unique guru proposition and how to do it. Lesson two, your unique guru platform. Lessons three and four, we're going to go deeper on your spiritpreneur success strategy and boom, explode the way the things that are holding you back. So your homework is to write out what your ideal platform is. I know in this time that it's allotted, I couldn't really get into detail about how to build a platform, how to make sure it's the right platform, what those solid bricks are, and um, the art of successful collaboration, how to maybe undo, you know, if you are... Uh, on the wrong road, how to be able to magnetize your business so that you're attracting your right clients. But we'll get as much as we can um, into this free Spiritpreneur Success Strategy course. And again, if you're looking over somebody's shoulder because there will be cheat sheets and other goodies that I'm giving out, you want to go to bombshellmybusiness.com where you can sign up. And also, you know, after you register and you've watched these videos, if you have any questions at all, hit me up at business at abiolaabrams.com or just leave a comment um, wherever you're watching this. Uh, you can easily find me on Facebook and Twitter at Abiola TV, where the TV stands for transformation and victory. And let's talk, okay? If there's something that you don't understand that you need clarified, you know, let me know because other people may have the same questions. And I like to answer things in a way for everyone so that it is co uh, cohesive and of highest service and highest good. All right, so let's take a deep breath. Let it out. Oh, one more. Ah. Look back at your intention that you had when we started this lesson. See if you have fulfilled it. And I just want to just say, I just thank you for watching. And I thank you and congratulate you for being the kind of person who is stepping into her greatness, who is willing to stop playing small and willing to enact a spiritpreneur success strategy to bombshell your business and bombshell your life. Namaste, my love. The sacred bombshell in me sees, adores, and accepts the business bombshell in you. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I have jokes. I got jokes, but I'll, uh, you keep watching, keep watching. I'll share them in the upcoming lessons. Maybe. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs>